Hey friends, if you are a parent in the Chicagoland area, we'd like to see you this coming Saturday as we record on location at Brooklyn Boulder's Chicago Indoor Rock Climbing Gym at their kids' summer preview event. Here's the deal. From 10 to 1, there'll be climbing, ground games, team-building activities, and creative arts for the kids, a hands-on sampling of their summer youth programs, and from 11 to 12, parents get in on the action with 20-minute mini-sessions of yoga, boot camp, and small group personal training. We'll be recording from 10 to 11, so stop by and say hi, and then we're going to be joining you all for the parent sessions. And at that same time, the kids will be climbing and playing on and doing crafts. Look, we checked this place out last weekend, and it's super cool. Uh, and the best part is our listeners get in for free. You can just show up, but it's uh, way better, actually, if you email us at paternitypodcast.com so we can get your name on the list and know who's coming. Youth at Brooklyn Boulders, Chicago means 5 to 12 but parents can bring their kids if uh, they're four and they're ready. Viva was four and went with Matt last weekend and had a ball. Again, kids' activities from 10 to 1, our show from 10 to 11. Adult activities from 11 to 12, and it's free to our listeners. Just email us at paternitypodcast.com. Brooklyn, Boulder, Chicago is at 100 South Michigan Street in Chi-Town. Free street parking. You can't beat that. Check out the details at Brooklyn Boulder's. Dot com and we'll see you there. The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York. It's the Paternity Test. This week, animatronic Amazonian animals that serve pizza. Brass knuckles for your feet. Facebook trolling for fun. And selling your house to be closer to your kids. And now, three guys who are eliminating all essential travel to North Carolina. Here are the dads. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Barazzi in Chicago. I'm Dave Engel in upstate New York. Welcome back to the podcast that will eat anything in an edible container. So have you seen in the news, everyone is talking uh-huh. about this pizza place in yeah. Brooklyn called Vinny's. I'm pretty sure all the pizza places in Brooklyn are called Vinny's. Sure. And uh, they got a pizza in an edible box made out of pizza. I'm on board. You had me at pizza. <laughs> I'm listening. Go on. <laughs> I mean, the bad news is it's in New York, so it tastes like garbage. I mean, you might as well make the pizza out of an actual pizza box. Like the first pizza made out of pizza box. <laughs> well, that seems like a better idea, because they probably already have a couple thousand pizza boxes sitting around their restaurant. They could just start putting some sauce and cheese and meats on that and serving it first. They should do that. You wouldn't know. You know, everybody who talks about, you know, this endless pissing match between Chicago and New York pizza, all they do is focus on deep dish and whether or not it's pizza, which is a ridiculous argument. Like, I don't know, call it a casserole, call it a pizza. Either you like that or you don't. Maybe you don't like the deep dish. Maybe it's too much cheese for you. Fine, whatever. But let's talk about the fact that almost all the pizza in New York tastes terrible. And a good portion of pizza in Chicago tastes good. And I just think people who defend New York pizza haven't been to Chicago. 
I hate that I hear people defend New York peach and say, oh, it's because of the water. The water makes the crust taste so much better than anywhere else. And I, I don't buy it. And I've had pizza in New York, and it's just pizza, and it's no better or worse than pizza anywhere else. But if you can taste the terroir of the water that went into the crust, yeah. you do not have good other ingredients. Like <laughs> your pizza water... is under seasoned. Yeah. If you can make out the water that went into it, it's like being not on enough an... oregano on that thing. <laughs> it's like being an episode of Chopped, <laughs> where the secret ingredient is water. <laughs> and, and the judges say, I don't really taste the water in this. The I don't water... know if I appreciate the way you uh, use the water in this dish. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, let's look at the logistics of this pizza box made out of pizza. So the pizza box is basically a big dough box, right? Yeah, and like the sides yeah. of it are like big, fat crust, crust, like in those stuffed crust, you know, stuffed handle mm-hmm. crust pizzas. What I don't understand, and I'm looking at a picture where it isn't open all the way. Basically, they made right. a big, giant rectangular pizza. With really thick sides, and they <laughs> and they scored it and they folded it in half over a pizza, right? It's, it looks like it weighs thirty pounds. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> now wait, the picture I'm looking at the pizza box looks like it's got toppings on it, like in it. Well, that's the question. Toppings. Yeah. So if they made a big flat rectangular pizza and put toppings on top and then they folded it in half, it means that the underside of the lid has toppings, right? Well, yeah. I think I've seen a picture of the underside, and the underside was plain. Plain crust or or cheese? Plain crust. Okay. But the top so, or the bottom is has looks like it's got toppings and cheese and stuff on it. Well, that makes sense because that's not going to be upside down. But the lid, do you just throw that away? You just, you, they should give you like about a gallon of sauce. You could dip the lid in sauce <laughs> and know. eat it. You don't get a pizza box, but you get a you get a five gallon pail of marinara to dip the lid in. <laughs> this can serve yeah. ten people easily. I mean, I'm showing Alex the picture of the pizza box. Atrocious. There's another good picture of it. See that? So how you much say? does this cost? Because it's you're getting a second pizza. Yeah, but it's the second New York pizza, so the whole thing's probably about eight ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you, well, and, and then some delivery guy's going to hand you a pizza, like going <laughs> to hand you the box with his dirty hands. He's like, "Here's your pizza <laughs> box made out of pizza." Hope you like it. It really screwed up the driver's seat of my, or the passenger seat of my car. <laughs> There's no driving pizzas around the city. The thing's been on a bike. Oh, that's <laughs> strapped to his back <laughs> as he rides a bike yeah. down the street. I'm generally pro edible containers. Like, uh, what is there? There's the soup in a bread bowl, right? Uh, right? Uh, yes. That's good. Are you pro that? Yeah. yeah. Ice cream cone. Oh, ice cream oh. cone. I didn't even think about Don't it that, that way. Yeah. Sandwich? Sure. <laughs> what would you say? Sandwich? What would you say? A sandwich. <laughs> uh, back in the 80s when there were only Mexican restaurants and Chinese restaurants, other than yeah. Italian restaurants, you know, but like when ethnic food was Mexican and Chinese, they right. had a lot of uh, taco salads in a taco bowl, right? Sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. Those were good. Most people didn't eat the bowl, though. It's, but it was, eat the, it was an edible bowl. That's true. I remember having, I remember having taco night at my house, growing up, feeling like we were continental. So right. <laughs> what they haven't made is food on a stick with an edible stick. Oh. What could the stick be made of? Like, if you're going to have a corn dog, what could the stick more, be? More corn dog. <laughs> smaller, smaller corn dog. Corn dog. <laughs> smaller, harder corn dog. You get stuck in a corn dog loop. <laughs> Corn dog all the way down, Professor Sagan. Um, 
How about uh, lemongrass? Well, that's not even worth it. What if it was chicken satay on a lemongrass stick? Mm. With peanut sauce? A, eh? a pretzel rod. Pretzel rod would be good with a corn dog on it, right? Yeah. It'd break every time. You would just lose your mind. It's true. <laughs> the one that didn't break. Isn't pizza already in an edible container? The crust is your edible container. You don't need to put another edible container around it. Well, this is the opposite of your uh, of your pretzel rods all the way down. This is pizza boxes all the way out because you got to put mm-hmm. a box around that box around that box. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Did you see the video? The video, the 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 footage of uh, the photograph. What do you call movies that don't go anywhere? Pictures. Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the picture of Michael Bublé trying to eat corn, but he doesn't know how? I'm about to. <clears throat> Michael Bublé, Chris, I'm about to. Michael Bublé, the world's fakest Frank Sinatra and Canadian, who has a, Why is he putting it... has a lady's tattoo on his wrist. What? Is deep throating corn on the cob because he doesn't know you're supposed he to is. eat size. And then he's trying to like put it into his cheek like he's going to nod off the side, but it's a giant co- corn cob. What's he doing? This poor Canadian has no idea. It looks like he's got man. Uh, maybe that's just the white corn. I was going to say, it looks like he's got mayonnaise on the corn. If you're Canadian, write us at paternitypodcast at gmail dot com or call our uh, hotline six five seven bad dad. Wait, what is our number? Six five seven bad dads. Right. Oh, there you go. Call yeah. us and let us know if all Canadians don't know how to eat corn or if it's just buble. Well, it sounds to me mm. like the corn. Council of Canada has not done their job in educating their citizens on how to eat corn on the cob. They're right, need, they need, they need PSA. To, yeah, it sounds like they need more PSAs in Canada about how to eat corn. It's a bunch of crooners in heaven hanging their heads in shame. You know, Mel Torme knew how to eat corn. Yeah, he did. <laughs> even the even the the fourth and fifth guy in the, the Rat Pack could eat corn. What are their right? Names? Joey Bishop could eat Joey corn. Bishop, yeah, yeah Joey Gallagher Bishop could eat corn. corn. For God's sake. <laughs> Now it's time for Pizza Robots and Laser Tag, where Dad just hides in the corner and cries. We uh, went on a little adventure, my daughter Viva and I, the other day. She was coming up to, there was a, a little bit of a sitter apocalypse. The preschool burned down, and then my mother-in-law's Jaguar had a check engine light. So Wait a I, minute, you, your preschool burned down? Well, not down, just uh, up. up. <laughs> where were they? Burning too much incense in your hippie preschool? Yeah, the uh, right, the patchouli oil caught fire. Uh, <laughs> Did they save the feeling stick? <laughs> Do you guys smell burning feelings? <laughs> <laughs> now no one in the preschool can ever express themselves again. Feel again, yeah. They no, can never... uh, there was a small fire in the in the church that they lease from, um, so they had to take a couple days off and scrub. So Viva came up to went up to Wisconsin with me to a marriage of Figaro rehearsal at the college, and I I greased the wheels a little bit by saying we would get to go to the Mars Cheese Castle oh. on the way up, and the Rainforest Cafe on the way back down. Oh, you God. went big, like you probably could have bribed her with much less than that. Like you could have said, "We're gonna stop at Culver's and get a custard." Why did you have to go Rainforest right. Cafe so you can get a forty dollar salad? <laughs> I could have just said you can watch something on my iPad in the car. Exactly. I was going to say, <laughs> a like happy you meal. get to control the radio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll get a happy meal on the way. It's just such a long drive. I I, I felt badly for her. So. And, it, you know, it's two different experiences, but both interesting. Like, Mars Cheese Castle is really one of those 
bizarro roadside America kind of things. Well, it's right after you cross the, so not soon after you cross the border from Illinois to Wisconsin. So it's kind of the first thing you see as an Illinoisan going to Wisconsin. Right. So what fireworks, pornography, and uh, roadside cheese. Right? Yeah. So I mean, they're really playing into the stereotype. Where else would you want to get cheese if not at a cheese castle? Yeah, and it does, I mean, they rebuilt it several years ago, and it looks like a castle. So it's fun for a kid, because you walk up, and it's a castle. And uh, But then also, you know, there's also, like, big fiberglass mice around and lots of Packers paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. And there's a tavern there, which we didn't go into, but there's also a grill. I got a cheddar brat, some sauerkraut on it. Mm-hmm. It's good. You know, that's the thing. Like, it's it's a weird, it's kitsch. Right, it's like yeah. simultaneously sort of fun and delightful and tacky and horrifying at the same time. Yeah, so you're kind of depressed but kind of overjoyed in equal measure. You're winking as you're sincerely smiling. Yes, yes, and yeah. you know there's great local, you know, you can get new Glarus beers there, things like that. Um, they got a bakery, so the food is yummy in a trashy food kind of way, you know, in a grill in a grill way. Yeah, yeah, uh, and she loved it. She got. This is what's crazy. So we're snobby city people. So when we take her to restaurants, there are sushi restaurants and there are Ethiopian restaurants. We went to two restaurants in a day where they give you a children's, like a coloring thing and crayons. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably two more times than she's ever gotten handed crayons in a restaurant in her life. Wow. Really? Yeah, it was really weird. To, like, she's like, oh, they gave me crayons, Dad. She's coloring mice and coloring Brett Favre or whatever the hell you color in Wisconsin, right? And then on the and the Rainforest Cafe, they gave her crayons again. She's like, Daddy, they give me crayons everywhere. I love Wisconsin. <laughs> we only eat at restaurants that give out crayons. I don't know that we've ever eaten at a restaurant that didn't give our kids crayons. They'd riot. I think they would. Because we can't eat at a restaurant that doesn't have mac and cheese and or pizza. Or mini corn dogs. Yeah, there has to be something. I think even that would be too exotic. Oh, that's the go. That's my daughter's go to in in the mm. in the in the Cran restaurants is like a mini corn dog. Well, there is something to be said for not paying for a third adult entree. Yep. Yeah, that's true. But I'm sure you're ne- you're you're not one to turn down leftovers. Well, that's why I don't mind it because for you know I don't know exactly how the economics of it works out because are you getting so much less food or cheaper food that you should have paid full price and gotten something in a to take home or to shove in your face hole? Because I do love it when we go to a place get three adult portions and i get to eat basically two adult portions because i get half my wife's half the babies and my own uh i think you're spending about 80 percent. so the house wins on a kid's menu oh situation. yeah yeah of course mm. they, first of all they get you there second of all mm-hmm. yeah it's you know three quarters of the full price anyway so it's nice to go someplace where your kid can act like a butt and no one bets an yeah. eye <laughs> we'll say yeah that. yeah it's you know they can color they can dump everything on the floor, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, spill stuff. Because, you know, you're also eating at places with that are sort of – place could flood, and all they would have to do is drain it and open it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's uh-huh. made for spills. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when she left, she had a balloon. When she left Mars Cheese Castle, she had a paper crown, a balloon, and a coloring thing, and the crayons, and cheese. So it was definitely oriented towards her – pleasure <laughs> yeah i i don't remember ever really i mean i guess there were happy meals at mcdonald's when we were kids mm-hmm. but I, but yeah now they go to red robin or they go to friendlies or something and uh there's yeah they always leave with a balloon or they do make artwork that they hang up in the restaurant and 
feel like they're artists and yeah <laughs> like it's they're celebrated in a strange way yeah you get your put your uh polaroid on the wall like when you go to some place that has like a 16 pound hamburger or a preposterous a number of wings or something that's so hot it makes you bleed and if you yeah. finish it you get your picture on the wall well, my daughters were drawing in Pennsylvania. We were coming up last weekend from New York City, and we stopped off because it doesn't make sense if you, if you don't if you're not from around here. But to get from New York City to upstate New York, typically you have to drive through New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And so we had stopped in Pennsylvania to eat at a Friendly's, and it was the saddest restaurant I'd ever seen in my. It was one of those. <laughs> it looked like it had been a bank before it had been a Friendly's. And you know what I mean? Like, and there were two few tables and like the, (laughs) like where the lights had to go, like whoever designed the lighting, like the lights didn't match up with where the tables were. And it was just all carpeted. It was like one big open space. There was no flow. It was all fluorescent lighting and ceiling tiles. It was so depressing. Oh, that's so sad. (laughs) It's like when you find yourself in a Baker Square or something, like there's a buzzing fluorescent light and a brass potted plant that's seen no love in 30 years. (laughs) Yeah. You could practically taste the tears on your onion rings whoever cooked them in the back. Somebody in the back has seen a lot of the better part of their life pass by (laughs) in a, you know, in a sad, sad kitchen. I I used to love Baker Square uh, in college in Naperville, but I think that was before I realized how much humanity was there. Mm-hmm. We were on the seam between the 80s and the 90s in a way. You know, things hadn't, Naperville hadn't quite become Naperville yet. And restauranting hadn't quite become restauranting yet. I just thought all of the the 35-year-old waitresses and the 50-year-old line cooks were going to, when I graduated college, they were all going to leave their job too. You know what I mean? Like you're just in that sort of mode where you think everyone's life is going to get better perpetually. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you know that I'm a 22 year old white guy with an education. Of course, my life's going to get nothing but better from here on out. Right. <laughs> it's the late 90s for crying out loud. Right, it's true for a few years. Yeah. And so I just assumed I just had rose colored glasses on. And now I go to a place like that and it's just it's just it's it's too much it's too like the the manager came up to my daughters and saw them coloring with their own markers and stuff when we were waiting to get a seat and she's like those are beautiful can we hang those up and there's because there's like a board there's like <laughs> a really board with a place up yeah yeah she's <laughs> took a thumbtack and put them in the wallpaper no like but there's a place and i part of me didn't want her to do it because now somewhere in Pennsylvania, there's a there's a part of my children's heart. <laughs> and what up. if they die? Part of them has to haunt that horrible place. Oh, my God. They needed the girls drawings because all they had for art was like a sad faded photograph in a frame of some like love boat celebrity that that visited there once. Yeah. Thirty five years ago, you know, Artie Johnson from Laugh-In stopped in for pie once. And his, yeah. his, his picture's still on the wall. Conrad Bain. Shake, shaking hands with Connie, the manager. He's got a confused look in his face. Just came in to ask for directions. <laughs> it's it's Mr. Drummond. Everybody come out. Shine up your badges. Shine up your name plackets. They're just smart aleck teenagers working the back. Like, Who's Mr. Drummond? So did Viva order off of the uh, menu that you also play tic-tac-toe on? Or did she go, did she like, where's the Korean hot wings, daddy? 
right. Where's the where's the non? Where's the uh, yeah? Where's the where's the the Tibbs? She got a corn dog at the Mars Cheese Castle, and when we went to the Rainforest Cafe, that was actually a more upsetting experience, I think, because at least the stakes are low at Mars. You're going yeah. off the highway into a weird kind of semi-cheese warehouse. So, like, the fact that it's then got some yummy food makes a lot of fun. Rainforest Cafe, which is in the outlet mall in Gurnee, Ugh. that was more depressing in its way because she was amazed that there was this white trash Disneyland there with these <laughs> animal robots. But first, first we got a bad table, so I was really mad because we were a party of two. It's like you got better robots if you were a larger party. So she had to keep getting up. Like, we could never sit and eat because she had to walk around the restaurant to enjoy the robots because we had a bad table. Um, then she got, I think, a hot dog off the kids' menu there, and I looked at the menu and then immediately regretted my decision because there was... I'm like, oh, this is going to be a little expensive, but it's just me. And then I looked in the salad, like a, a Cobb salad or a chef salad or just a crummy corporate family dining chain kind of salad. Yeah. $17.95. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which awesome. is awful. So I think I got a $12.95 ham. You know, the straight-ahead hamburger was, like, the cheapest thing on the menu. So and then I'm that dad being like, what is your – bring me your cheapest menu item. <laughs> and – as we're there, here's the other thing that's great about eating in the city where there's no other children. There's no other children. So you're right. ruining everyone else's time, but there's no one to ruin your time. Right. Mm. Because at the end of it, plus I knew we were going to have to exit through the gift shop like it was Disney World. And she was going to want 10 Rainforest Cafe branded, you know, pith helmets or poison dart frog dolls. Or like axes to cut down the rainforest. Yeah, right. A chainsaw. Yeah. Random Rainforest Cafe. A little kid walks up to the table, takes Viva's $17 apple juice in a commemorative cup off the table, and just starts drinking it. It's <laughs> like three or four. I'm like, hey, just drink her orange juice. And then a mom runs over and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I told him he needed to drink his orange juice before we left. And so he just looked for the nearest or apple juice and he drank it. And then I was like at an impasse because we were waiting for the check. So I'm like, well, now I'm not going to get a new apple juice. Because we're about to leave, and this lady's leaving, so I'm not going to make her buy me an apple juice. But that apple juice was definitely going to the car right now, you know? Uh, no, she, she, she ruined your life. Because if that had been one of my daughters, we wouldn't have left without another apple juice. Because they would have lost their mind. They would have lost their mind. Mm. They would have lost their mind. Stand up on the table. All right, nobody leaves here until I get a two <laughs> fresh moves. apple juice. Nobody yeah. moves. Give me two apple, apple juices in commemorative cups, and nobody gets hurt. <laughs> Otherwise, I will burn this place to the ground. Dave Day afternoon. Yeah, it would have been ugly. So what did your daughter, what is, how does your daughter react to that? She was puzzled because she's not usually around weird people's other kids who drink yeah. their orange juice. You know what I mean? She's an only child living in the city. So yeah. she's waiting for the table captain to come and bring her a hot towel. And instead, some kid jacked her orange juice or apple juice. So she was pretty puzzled by that. <laughs> She thought he was and coming I, over to sweep the crumbs off the table for you, you know. Right, with the little crumb with knife the little thing. crumb knife. Yeah. The, I didn't have Professor Foster with me. And Professor Foster, while she makes me so embarrassed in restaurants that I have to jump into the animatronic, you know, alligator pond, um, she does get stuff done. Like, while mm. she did, in fact, get us kicked out of Paris for constantly asking for special things off the menu, she does. She's not going to let sit at a crummy table when the salads are $20, you know, she's going to say, hey, I want over there by the animatronic tiger or we're 
turning heel on this place, right? Yeah. And she's not going to let somebody drink the apple juice. She's going to stand up and get it done. So as much as I complain about how she behaves in restaurants, when people rip us off, half the checks comes off, you know, or yeah. or uh, another dish comes out. So, But when you got me, who's conflict averse unless you push me so hard that i flip out and start snapping the arms off of robot gorillas i'm just gonna sit there and at a sad table and pay too much for my salad and let some kid drink all our juices which is kind of what happened it is interesting that if you were to do that there's a weird double standard because if you say something you're a jerk but if she does it she's a conscientious mother i think Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting. My wife was talking to me today. She's like, how much is the car going to cost? Because I had to take the Plymouth in. And I'm like, I don't know. She's like, what do you mean you don't know? I'm like, I don't, I don't have their, I don't have their computer in front of me to tell me how much they're going to magically charge me. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, you didn't ask? I'm like, all the work, babe, all the work that needs to be done has, has to be done. Like, it doesn't matter. They could charge me a million dollars, and I'm going to have to pay them a million dollars. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. well, you know what I would have done? I would have I just called them and asked them, you know, about every little thing they're doing. And, you know, is this necessary? Is that necessary? What does this mean? What does that mean? And that way they know that this person is all over, the pl- all over them and not going to – and not to overcharge them. And I'm thinking in my mind, I can't do that because if I do that, it makes me look – it's emasculating because it makes me look like I don't know what I'm talking about with cars, even though I don't know what I'm talking about with cars. They're yeah, too- and so- while she's right, I don't even know what to do when I try to do that kind of thing. Because when you right. bring your car in, even if you bring it in for an oil change, and they walk up to you with half the guts of your car, and they go, hey, this is your Samno <laughs> flange. The manufacturer recommends you, re- re- you uh, replace your Samno flange every 10,000 miles. you got 12,000 miles on this. You want to replace your Samno flange, it'll be seventy five ninety nine. And you're like, I, I don't know. Like, you just told me, and I still don't know. Is that a bad salmon flange? Is that a good salmon flange? Am I, I going to burst I, into flames driving up? They're allowed to, in public situ- or in, you know, in, in situations like that, to question the authority of people mm-hmm. in a way that we're not. In a way that if we do it, it's, it's seen as, I don't know. Is it aggressive? Is it? Yeah, it's blowhardy. In a way, blowhardy. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's why there's a term tiger mom, but there's no term tiger dad. Right. Because the term for tiger dad is just a hole. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, I just have to, ask, you know, not ask questions when I, <laughs> when I take my kids to restaurants or take my car in. <laughs> Any of the things I t- care about, if I bring them to, into public, I'm not allowed to ask questions. <laughs> so, this is your chef salad. Uh, uh, we normally recommend that people put uh, chicken on top of their chef salad uh, every uh, half a bowl of lettuce, and uh, that'll be another seventeen ninety nine. Shall we put chicken on top of your salad? Um, what what would what would you do? What would you would you put chicken on my salad? Well, we recommend you put chicken on the salad. Okay, okay, go ahead. That'll be seventeen ninety nine. Hey, folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to use keeping this show on the air? You can do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. Here's how it works. When you want to buy something on Amazon, go to paternitypodcast.com. That's our website. Click on the support page. You'll see an Amazon box, and when you click on it, Amazon opens, and then you shop. 
and then Amazon knows you shop through our website, and then they send us a portion of their profits, and we use it to pay for the costs of the show. And you don't pay extra. You don't pay anything. You don't sign up for anything. You don't create a password. You don't do any of that. You just buy stuff from Amazon, and they know it's through us, and they appreciate us, and we appreciate you, and they send us money. Todd, what have you been looking for on Amazon? You know, in my normal shopping, I see these things pop up at the bottom of my pages like you might be you know, you might be interested in this. And I've been seeing a lot of self-defense counterattack kind of things, you know, like brass knuckles and things that 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 are available on Amazon that keep popping up in my on my Come Amazon. Come on, page. what are you looking for? It's not just randomly popping up. Well, I'm not I'm not shopping for self-defense tools. They just, they just show up. Maybe what Kelly is. For? Yep. So, like, here's one of these Maybe things. Alex is. Maybe the kids have a problem at school, a bully they're not telling you about. Right. Or maybe it's you. <laughs> right. I'm trying Next to figure out. he tries to take me to the dentist, I'm going to mace him, and I'm going to punch him with brass knuckles. So there's uh, – I'm going to give you something to look at. Look up – it's called the Fury Tactical Kuba Kicks, K-U-B-A-K-I-K-Z. And it is a spike, like three spikes that you tie into your shoes – there should be a picture of it tied into someone's shoes, and you just wear them like that. And then that way, if you are ever attacked, you can kick somebody, and they will hurt them very much. Oh, my God. And you can get those for $15 on Amazon. They they stick out of the top of your the Yeah, the top of your shoes, your shoe? like through your shoelaces. So they're just in there permanently, and then you can kick somebody and hurt them. You know, with, it's like brass knuckles for your feet. Are you supposed to kick them in the crotch? Are you supposed <laughs> to do a roundhouse to their face? You can do any of that. And there's another thing here that I couldn't figure out what it was. These little discs, the spike. You look like such a psycho walking down the street with exactly. spikes on top of your shoes. And then maybe you'd never get attacked in the first place. It's preventative defense. You know what I mean? You're not going to mess with her. It, She's yeah. got spikes sticking well, out of the top of her shoes. They haven't been pink. There's this thing called a strike spike. Look up the strike spike counterattack tool. And it's these three little discs. I couldn't figure out how you use them. <laughs> but apparently, you put them on anything you have that you can fit through the little strap hole. Like, a, like if you got a a baseball cap that has like a Velcro adjustable strap on the back, yeah, you can put yeah. through that. And then, if someone attacks, you just pull your hat off and start hitting, swinging this at them, and the spikes will hit them in the face. <laughs> I've seen like tactical caps. I've seen yeah. wrap caps that have weights near where the snapback would be, and you're supposed to just grab it by the brim and hit somebody like you're the skipper hitting Gilligan, except yeah. he wanted to die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they have these other things that are like a uh, a ring. Like, it, you wear like a no- normal ring, but then if you f- turn it around, these spikes are sticking out, and you could punch somebody in the face with the spikes. It's like a single brass knuckle, but so in- but instead of... <laughs> what is this? Awesome. This one's also... Or, it's, it, or you could also use it to break a window for, you know, getting out of a car that you've driven into a pond. Mm-hmm. Or getting into a house. So I don't understand why all these self-defense tools are popping up in my feed. I would think they'd come up in yours, Matt, because you live like a few blocks from from danger, from danger, from no man's land, from the warriors. Matt, <laughs> come out and play. <laughs> there are all these really strange. Like I could see brass knuckles. I could see I don't know, even like some kind of a knife pocket. But these are all like things you conceal and hide. Like you're just waiting for someone. You're hoping someone comes up and attacks you so you could use it. Give me a reason. Exactly. These are fairly inexpensive, too. And it's funny because in the these now. in the uh, descriptions, like the answered questions, you know, people, someone says, I use them as a distraction, not to hit with blunt force, but to rake the back or side of the calf. The sharp points will slice or puncture, but if people see it on your boot, it will catch their attention. 
So it sounds like someone puts these to good use all the, you know, like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, I don't want to hit them with blunt force, but I would like to rake it across their back. Excellent product that actually works. He uses them? I actually used mine yesterday. An incident escalated in the parking lot, and a very large individual advanced on me with clenched fist. I had one of these on my hat. I hit him twice in the face and then several times in the forearms as he backed up. Fight over. <laughs> he must over. look like such a wiener, though. Even if the hat right. is, in fact, semi-deadly, you are whapping someone with a hat in a parking right. lot. You look like a, a grandma trying to get your purse back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you're in a Benny Hill sketch. <laughs> you, you masher? <laughs> I haven't I haven't thought of that word in 20 years but it is masher masher but it just came oh. out of my head cuz that's exactly what it looks like mm-hmm. um I don't know this is this is the sort of weapon that I think makes the other p- person reach for the gun yeah. <laughs> right yeah this is a re- like where would be I don't even know where in the, certainly in the city you don't want yeah. to have this stuff because you'll get shot. And now, get nowadays, shot. in the country where everybody's like open carry or 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 right. what's the opposite, closed carry. Like if if <laughs> I'm in Wyoming and I pull out my my spiked tennis shoe, somebody's gonna shoot me with a rocket launcher. We live, yeah, we live in a, a gun state. I mean, if I mean, and by that I mean a a, a, a republic of guns. Um, <laughs> right. I I I think it's just better to get the gun uh, than. I mean, why are you buying a $15 pair or a piece of plastic you're going to lace into your shoes so you can hopefully kick someone between the legs before they reach around and and pull the piece out of the the back of their pocket? Right. If it's that bad, if you are going to get raped on your way to get fresh water, get go to the strip mall and take the take the concealed carry class and get a gun. (laughs) Yeah. If you actually think you're going to get jumped. Yeah. This seems like a way to embolden yourself just enough to look for trouble. No, that exactly. Mm-hmm. That's to me. That's all this is. This is something you wear before you go to the bar, or this is something you mm-hmm. wear if you, you know, live in a bad neighborhood, you know, and you 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 wear it on the way home in the subway or something. Now, I have always thought about having some kind of non-lethal self-defense at home because I'm not really a, a gun person, so I don't really want guns in my house. Mm-hmm. But I've thought about getting something to be a deterrent. <laughs> No, I don't think I want. I don't think this is it. I've always got to wear a baseball cap to bed so I could <laughs> right. swing it at somebody if they break into my house. Because you got to put your shoes on to get this. Like, <laughs> hold on, I got to tie my shoes. Wait, hold on. Wait, sir, <laughs> sir back, <laughs> back off, back off. Hold, hold on. on, I got to stretch. I'm never going to be able to kick your face like just getting up out of bed. Hold on a second while I do my stretches. See Todd Little wearing yoga. shoes to bed every night. Because like Todd. Keep kicking me with that. <laughs> Todd's night terrors. He keeps breaking Kelly's shins. With the... <laughs> 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 She's all black and blue. <laughs> From the knee down. <laughs> we'll be safe. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. So what are you thinking of getting? Web shooters. Web shooters, ninja stars. <laughs> I was quite the ninja thrower back in the back in the eighties. Back mm-hmm. in nineteen eighty four, I knew how to throw a ninja star that I put bought on the leather fingerless gloves, <laughs> some parachute pants. Get your uh, ninja stars. Maybe so. just like a spray. I don't know. 
spray? Something you could do from a distance. I don't want to have to get too close to something. You mean mace? Yeah. I think everyone loses with mace, right? Yeah, like, everybody in the, the room is going to get blinded. You're telling <laughs> the blinded. The kids will be blinded. Yeah. Well, plus, like I, in the middle of the, the night. Culprit, yeah. In the middle of the night, I'd be, I'd probably have it facing the wrong way. I'd push mm-hmm. the button down. And oh, myself in the face. I'm going to try it into in a net. <laughs> <laughs> but a pipe bomb. Maybe before every night before bed, I just need to booby trap my house like Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. You just need a big bucket of micro machines. <laughs> Pour tar on the stairs. Big paint stick can. Stick some nails up through Yeah. <laughs> Tied to the second floor of your house, ready to swing down. <laughs> if you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. Subscribe on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a review. It's quick, it's easy, and helps other listeners find us. And we want to be found. We're so lost. Read our weekly paternity test blog at chicagoparent.com and our monthly column, Viva Daddy in Chicago Parent Magazine, available wherever it's impossible not to catch a cold. And now it's time for the Boop Bop Beat. That's where we just have to try uh, all these passwords. Hold on. We've almost got it. Hold on. I've almost got it. I've almost got it. We're in. Go. I was over at uh, some, over my uh, sister-in-law's house. And their kid is asking them for his Wi-Fi password. <laughs> no one ever has no, no one could ever tell you their can you tell me your Wi-Fi password right now if I asked you for it? Mm, nope. Todd, you could, Todd, right? I could not right now because I left it at the like the default one, which is about thirty letters and numbers. Oh, you're a monster. <laughs> at least we're not that person. That's what your what, what his parents are. You know, that's what like a boomer is, like just the the forty seven, you know, X's and threes. <laughs> At least that's we have a sister, word. Yeah, that's what my sister-in-law is. Like the kid had to like get behind the TV mm-hmm. and see where it's written on the side of the the box. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I I have fallen in love again with Facebook. I have uh, I hate Facebook. I hate it like an ex-girlfriend. But I've been on it lately, and I found a new way to use it and so i'm on it every day but i'm on it in a way that i only make fun of people who are on it it's Mm -hmm. amazing man what you're doing this like troll this like performance art on facebook this like andy kaufman use of facebook is amazing well let me let me say this because the reason i think i can get away with it and i'll explain we'll explain what, what i'm doing in a second I don't have anyone on Facebook in the Syracuse area I, I, uh, because I, I'm a teacher. I don't want any blowback. So I, this way I can say whatever I want. I can, you know what I mean? I can do whatever I want on there. And I've had people send friend requests and I just deny them because I, you know, I don't want to have mm-hmm. a friend of a friend because I don't trust the privacy settings. Like I have everything set basically to as tight as you can get it. But, mm-hmm. you know, if a friend of a friend. So my wife is actually the only person in the Syracuse area who can see my Facebook page. And so I hate Facebook so much, but I also am too isolated. Like, I don't talk to people. And so I decided, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on Facebook and talk to people and put some posts up. But I'm going to write fake I'm going to I'm going to do like the vague booking. Uh I'm going to everything I see You're going to do I all hate, the deadly sins of Facebook, but Right. I'm going to everything I see people do on Facebook, I'm going to do 
but I'm going to take it like a half a step further and see who gets the joke and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like the other day, I put that we needed someone uh, to we needed a babysitter last minute to do an overnight with our kids. <laughs> but they, they had to bring their own their own food. <laughs> like. <laughs> Stuff like that, uh, I'm doing a lot. Um, and actually, the one that, the one that got and the there was most... something else like your, your restrictions for them, like you wanted too much of them. Not not just the the food was like the some cavern. light cleaning. There's like wasn't Nelson <laughs> some light cleaning and yard work, yard work, yard, yard work. You're like, can anybody recommend? But then it got more and more stringent what you needed, and then it became this great troll of people who want a you know a cheap babysitter right away but with preposterously tight references to do way too many things you know for 10 bucks an hour it was it was a poem it was fantastic but then no one no one responded so i wrote i wrote a hateful comment about how i was upset and hurt that no one had, <laughs> no one had responded cuz people do that stuff people it, it will talk about how their feelings are hurt or this or that mm-hmm. my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite no my favorite one this week so far i was because i was just looking around facebook to see who i could make fun of and or you know not a person but just an idea right and someone was complaining about how they had been unfriended and i thought well that's stupid right and there's this long i mean super long comment or passage or whatever you want to call it this person had written about how someone had unfriended them and so i'm like ah it's great the thing about facebook too is that because no one in the syracuse area is on there it's basically there's my siblings you two and like three other people who i talk to on a regular basis and then 200 people I went to high school with so no one really knows me like no one which is right for it's great because there's a cultural gap there right so you've got people who are very unlike you and from a very different time and circumstance as sort of joke fodder and then you have you know the only people who seem to be getting it and making comments are old undergraduate friends of yours Mm -hmm. from 20 years ago Right, and then but your I've friends got, from thirty years ago are not on the trolley. They, they have no idea what's going on. Like, so I'll I'll get there. The, all right, so there's this girl I went to high school with, who wrote this post, right? And I don't even know who she is. Like, I I couldn't pick her out of a lineup. Um, but apparently she's on my friends thing, whatever. So I write a long post about how I had been unfriended and how I keep close track of my friends on Facebook. And eleven minutes ago. Someone unfriended me and how I'm hurt. And this is ridiculous. So and people start responding. Some people start responding with likes. Some people start responding with hang in there, pal. It's okay. We've got your back. And some and then she responds saying it must be going around because someone just unfriended me. And she puts a screenshot of of the post you were parodying of the post Hello. that I. Hey, what's up? Of the post that I'm reading. Bye-bye. And it just kind of went on from there. God, it was amazing. It was just without a hint, not a hint of irony, not a hint of self-awareness. 
completely thought you were kindred spirits. Yes. She read your post and she's like, wow, it's happened to somebody else too. <laughs> we're soulmates, David. How did we not get married? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't, yeah. So, and I, I honestly, I don't Amazing. know who she And is. you did, you didn't just, it's not like you were so dry. There were no breadcrumbs to lead you to the fact that it was a troll. Right. Like you, you pushed it over the top. Yes. Yeah. There was, there was plenty. And then as people would respond, I would respond in kind and I would push the the chaos further. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I would work to where it was clearly a joke. But even after those replies, I would still get I, a, an old college friend wrote and said, hey, man, it's OK. We got your back. Like, like, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> I remember seeing that one. It's great. Well, and what is some of the problem? Some of the problem is people unaware of their own obnoxiousness. Right. Some of the problem seems to be reading comprehension, right? Like a shallow dive as far as interpreting. I don't. Yeah, I don't think all of my if if someone were to have deeply read my comments, they would have realized it was a joke. They must have stopped halfway down before you must have like a rant about the state of America. Right. Because there's because it's way too introspective and narcissistic for anyone to really take it seriously, I guess. I don't know. Well, I love being a spectator. I it's, love it. It's a lot of fun because I. It's funny. I'm not the type of person. I don't. I don't have. I've only got like 224, 25 people on there, and I'm not the kind of person that when I when I post something, anyone responds right. Because uh, you know I'm putting up pictures of my kids. I I might get a couple responses, you know, a couple likes or something like that. But this, for whatever reason, when I start bringing out like when i start posting stuff that has emotion in it passion <laughs> of some kind it people come out of the woodwork it is it's incredible I, mean, I guess it's uh you know these social networks are there to stave off ennui so you're bored at work or you're bored at home and you're waiting for that little endorphin rush of seeing a new post and if that new post is somebody causing a little drama yeah, you know, having a little little conniption fit on Facebook, it's like you get a double hit. Right? Yeah, for some people. Yeah, and I haven't like I keep, I keep waiting for someone else to comment. Like I get it excited, and it, so I finally get it. You know what I mean? Like I, I've never gotten Facebook, but now I think I finally get it because I'm I'm constantly waiting to see if someone responds or comments so I can. <laughs> fell into your I'm trap. Fell into my trap. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great that it took you kind of abusing Facebook to actually enjoy Facebook. Social media isn't just for watching your old high school friends lose their sense of humor. It's also for us. Like our page on Facebook, share our posts, and follow us on Pinterest, on Instagram at the Paternity Test, and on Twitter at the Dad Test. Boy, that's the truth. Send us a question or a comment for the Paternity Test Mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our phone number, 657-BAD-DADS. Today we have a letter from Alex in London, England, and the subject is preschool dollars and pounds. So I'm going to read this letter, and he's from London. He says, hi, chaps. So I think we're going to read him as, uh, it's, uh, let's read him as James Mason. Uh, I th- he seems like a gentlemanly sort of chap, sir. He's going to say, um, Hi, chaps. I was listening to your show this week 
and was amused by your description of the super-rich mahogany-paneled preschool. Then you said the price, $16,000 American a year. I live in London, UK, and am facing up to the prospect of having to pay for childcare when my wife goes back to work in July. Childcare here starts at $16,000 a year. We're paying that to leave our kid with an overly enthusiastic Greek Cypriot family that we live around the corner from. Now, I'm going to break for a second here to say I don't know that I would leave my kid with a Greek if they paid me. Because uh, I think you'd go to work and come back and they'd owe like $50 trillion to German bankers. I know. He says, uh, they had one of those living rooms that was expensively decorated in the early 90s and then has been enshrined in plastic wrap and only taken out when they have visitors. Yes, childcare is expensive, but please spare a thought for your English brothers. Enjoying the show as always, Alex, London. Is he saying it starts at $16,000? I don't know. Is there a pound? Right. Well, he de- he just says he, he's got a dollar American dollar sign, and he says sixteen thousand dollars. So right now, today, dollar to pound is one dollar to sixty nine cents pound sterling. So sixteen thousand American dollars is eleven thousand British pounds at the moment. So it's still a lot. Yeah, you know, either way, he's doing it. He's saying that like childcare costs more in London. Now, it, this put me down a research rabbit hole. And I know that London is one of the most expensive cities. And the Wall Street Journal just said last month that it's the fifth most expensive city in the world. The four above it are like Hong Kong and, you know, their super rich Asian markets. And then I think right. the oh, Paris might be one above it. It's more expensive than New York, more expensive than L.A., San Francisco. The dollar just got stronger. So suddenly there's American cities on the top ten. Uh-huh. But. Chicago, which is quite expensive for the Midwest, is 12% less expensive than New York, which is 1% less expensive than London. So London's really expensive. If you're sending your child somewhere for eight hours a day, five days a week, 52 yes. weeks a year, it probably should cost around that much money. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. For, for child care. And not, that might be different than preschool. He says child care starts at 60000 a year. You're talking about preschool, which is a few hours a day. For you know how many months out of the year? Yeah, what's it? Let's see. If it's full day preschool, mm-hmm. which there isn't, you know, usually preschool is half day. But we're taught this sixteen thousand dollar, uh, and it seems like sixteen thousand dollars seems to be a magic number with the very upscale North Shore preschools, like the Montessori's and stuff. It seems like there's a few that are looking at sixteen grand a year, and that's for a uh, what six hour day, maybe five five hour six hour day with a nap in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how long is a full day at like kinder care? Like if you're doing drop-off at work time and picking up at work time. As long as you're there when they open and gone by the time they close, they don't really care how long it is. But typically, the longest you could leave your kid there, I think, is about 10 hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but how much is it costing up there? I only know what the prices were 10 years ago. When we were taking Alex there, it was $178 a week. For 50 weeks? Yeah, you had to pay to hold your. You had to pay for winter break, and even if you weren't going to be there, and then you had to pay to hold your spot over the summer. So two hundred. Oh, times. summer. So it's not fifty weeks. How many? Well, weeks because because Kelly was a teacher, but a normal person, right, that isn't a teacher, would be right. doing it year round. So it's ten grand. Yeah, right. and so that was. 10, I mean, you know, yeah. kinder care is not your. That's not your top notch preschool. That really is of, daycare. They, you know, they. You, you get to do some macaroni drawings, but they're not teaching right. a kid out of So if, if you're going to pay $10 or if you're going to pay ten grand to have your kid, you know, not suffocate with a plastic bag. I mean, because essentially that's what. Yeah. You're paying someone is. to keep them alive. It's, right. 
you can say what you want, feel good about yourself, but that, that's what it is. Because they're not, they're not teaching them anything. And so to go to a, to a pre-K or day school, so, someone with an education who's going to teach a child, uh, you should probably expect to pay at least 50% more. At least, uh, right? I came up, gosh, I don't remember what website this was. I didn't write it down, but I remember it was a website that I thought was valid enough to quote. They said the average, this year, the average preschool and daycare costs in the United States are about the same. And they range from five grand to thirteen grand a year, which is a ridiculous range. That's an almost nonsense number because it's so yeah. wide. Yeah. And then it said can be considerably higher near the big cities, near Boston, near Chicago, near New York, near L.A. It's higher than that, so sixteen k. So people that set, tend to be paying five to thirteen. So there you go. Ten. It's about ten thousand dollars per year, whether it's preschool or daycare. Seems to be looking like the average. But that is putting that in perspective with college costs. The average four-year in-state tuition is $9,400. So about the same as what it costs to go to state school. Uh, Out-of-state tuition is $23,900 on average, and private schools average $32,400. Well, Matt, maybe you should just be sending Viva to college next year. Right. Right? Right. But, of course, that's not not based on the value of the education. It's (laughs) It's based upon what it costs to run the operation. Absolutely. Well, that's but, the whole problem is the scalability, right? If you're trying right. to get 12 kids in a – only to have 12 kids in a class and then have a teacher and an assistant or multiple assistants, it's hard yeah. to make those the dollars work. It's, it's hard to make the dollars work. That's the, that's the biggest problem with pre-K education is that it's, it's very expensive um, to do it right. Because if your wife is trying to homeschool and she's got a terminal degree, right – and she wants to have well. A, I mean, she doesn't have a PhD, but she's got a master's. Yeah, is it an M M E D or a uh, MS Ed? MS Ed. Yeah. So she's got a master's, and she's yeah. in a room that she wants to only have like six kids in. Right. It means every kid to make it fair, you know, and they're getting curriculum. So to right. make it fair for what she's giving, it should be twenty five thousand dollars a year or something that you can't charge someone. Right. Yeah. Because no one's personal economics allow for that. So then you just start to make up a figure that is appropriate that people can pay instead of what it is like. Worth. Well, th- this is why there's no money in it. I mean, yeah, like uh, you can't charge people three, four hundred dollars a week to educate their four year old. You should. It should cost that much. Right. I mean, the they, they should thing. be taking money out of high school education and putting it into pre-K education, because if you want. Dollar for dollar, if you want your return, yeah. you put it when the kid's four. You yeah. don't right. put it when they're 17. The ROI is preschool. If you're dumb in high school, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late. Yes. It's too late. If you don't but, have social skills or brains in high school, just go right. directly to jail. But preschool is <laughs> still some hope. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not something that our country has embraced except for a few places. Um New York City, Chicago, San Francisco, L.A., and, you know, big cities. That's about it. Well, and this is why Alex is screwed, because London, the reason London is so expensive, not entirely unlike Manhattan, it's been entirely purchased by oligarchs from oil countries and kleptocracies, you know? So, so there's, like, Russian gangsters and oil sheiks that own everything in London, and they can pay... Anything they could pay in chests full of rubies 
for their preschool. And then Alex has got to come up with it with like a real person's money, you know? So that's Mm -hmm. why this range is so preposterous and it sucks for the schools too, because it, you know, what can Nikki command in Syracuse versus on park Avenue? And if you, it's a vast, vast difference. Right. And it should be the same because it's the same product, but you got to charge what the market will bear. Yeah. $16,000 a year. You could buy the state of West Virginia. Yeah. Alex should consider that. Keep your kid out of school. Keep them away from those Greeks. Buy yourself a couple of mountains in the uh, Appalachian area. Yeah. A lot of good hunt land. You could live off the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could hunt a human. <laughs> <laughs> Not against law in West Virginia, by the way. Maybe you'll find Nell. Nell. Your bone sister in the tree. <laughs> Now it's time for this crappy house. That's where we turn your mortgage upside down. Well, I'll tell you what. We've never been upside down in our house, but... Even with that swing you guys bought for your anniversary? We... <laughs> <laughs> I think in the first uh, few years, we bought the house right on the... We were at the top of the real estate bubble when we bought the house. And I think three years later... Whee! This money party's never going to stop. Yeah. Three years later, my house was worth about $65,000 less than when I bought it. Um, and it's taken about seven years for it to come back to where now I could sell it for probably about what I paid for it, except that I've put like 20000 into the house. We finished wow. the basement. We did the, the patio on the back and fenced the yard in, stuff like that. So I didn't realize you were that much underwater. Well, luckily, we weren't. We never were. We always had equity in the house because we also, you know, even though we bought at the top of the bubble, we also sold our previous house at the top of the bubble. So mm-hmm. we made about $60,000 on that house in three years. Okay. So, you know, the fact that we lost it just means that it all worked out in the end. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we never, we were never up, we were never underwater in the morning, never upside down. We, you know, we always had some equity in the house. But a lot less than you know when we when we when we bought it and put all that money down that we made off our old house. So anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is that Kelly and I have mentioned a couple times that maybe when Ellie gets into junior high, which is she's got one more year of elementary school and then junior high, that the junior high and the high school, uh, Alex will be a freshman in high school when he is a sixth grader, and uh, or when she's a sixth when Ellie's a sixth grader. Right now, the high school and the junior high are right next to each other. We live about 20 minutes away from the that little campus where they are. So when nice. we have to pick Alex up for you know after after a sport or after an activity, it takes us you know about 50 minutes round trip with the waiting and. My God, it's ridiculous because it's 20 minutes there, you know, 10 minutes of waiting, 20 minutes back, and that's 50 minutes of your life. And so you got to cut out that waiting part. You got to say <laughs> walk to the edge of the campus. <laughs> I will drive by with the door open. <laughs> grab on i'd love to uh but they they make you actually stop to pick up your kid in the parking lot mm-hmm. at the school it's a rule nanny state thanks nanny. oh bummer <laughs> well so we've talked about moving closer to that part of town so that our kids still go to the same schools we'll still go to those two schools but we won't have to drive so far every time we're going to an activity or a concert or picking someone up but that's supposed to be a year from now well, something got in my wife's head that she started a house hunt right now and started finding things she likes, and she's starting to send me addresses to look up and 
And really, she is ready to go. Like she wants to sell. She wants to sell her house right now. Move right now. Buy another house right now. Just to be closer to the school for what? Well, here's the years. thing. It it would be no, not four years. Like, well, we'll, we'll like die there. Years. I mean, we'll yeah. die there. But um, right. But I mean, like the purpose is. Well, I guess Ellie's only like nine, right? She's so for, she's for nine years. Yeah. For eight years. Yeah. I don't that's know. a lot of. I will say that is a lot of your life. That's eight years of like, driving yeah, that's back and the, forth. Like those are the only good years you have left. I guess it is your last eight good years, so right? You <laughs> enjoy them. But the problem is, is, he's got the bug to move right now. But if we move right now, then for a year, either Ellie needs to change schools for fifth grade, which she definitely doesn't want to do. You know, Ugh. try to take a fourth grade girl and say you're going to make all new friends next year. Not you don't get a good response. Welcome to the world of cutting yourself. Right. <laughs> Buy her a pack of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enjoy those eyebrow piercings. Uh-huh. <laughs> to buy her those Kevlar wrist guards from Amazon <laughs> for Christmas. But Kelly doesn't seem to be deterred by that. Like she's like, oh well we can uh we could say her daycare is in the old subdivision. She could go to the old school and 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 I could drop her off on my way to work. I'm like, wait a minute. That's that seems like a lot of trouble. Because, the, I mean, houses come and go on the market all the time. Like, a year from now, people aren't going to stop selling their houses in that right. part of town. They'll just be different right. houses. So I, I'm on board with moving, you know, to that part of town for that. But I can't do it now. Like, we have to wait a year. It just makes it makes no sense to do it now. I think I think Kelly's officially over this house. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but... Uh, you just got it. You just got it clicking. You just finished that basement. Yeah, I never got to make the, you know, I always thought when the kids were older, like, we set this up so that we could set up a nice little, like, adult space down here with a bar and a little refrigerator and stuff. But uh, some of the houses that she's found online are very intriguing. Like, they have finished basements already with, like, wet bars, all the stuff I want to do to this basement that's already done. Mm. You know? A good answer to me. The other funny thing is it seems like every the time... The leather swing's already hung from a stud in the ceiling. Right. You don't have to go looking for one. Yeah. Uh-huh. The It seems like with every house she finds, the, the budget inches up a couple more, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Sure. It's like, well, you know, if we just... We can just for a little bit more, look what you get. Like, oh. Uh, right. You know... We, Alex can go to a state school. She yeah. Went, yeah. She went back to work full time so that we could... Uh, we wouldn't stress so much about monthly bills, and then now our mortgage is going to go up six hundred dollars a month, so that we can have the uh, shiplap accent wall in the family room. What's a shiplap? It's just b- boards. Have you ever yeah, seen? Uh, got to watch. You don't more, have cable. Uh, was it? You got to watch. And they yeah. talk about shiplap twenty hours out of a twenty-four hour broadcast day. They're talking about shiplap these days. I think she. I think my wife would be open to having a, having a relationship with Chip and Joanna Gaines from Joanna Fixer, Gaines is smoking. She is magically delicious. But her husband's a big dumb hillbilly knucklehead and fat too. And she I, loves I it. I <laughs> move in there. She loves that hillbilly knucklehead. She seems to, but she shouldn't. She should love me. <laughs> well, can you fix houses? Very poorly. <laughs> So what are the odds that you're going to yeah. move this year? That, you ha- are you TV having to show fight with, it? Matt's TV show with her would be called, instead of Fixer Up, it would be called Fixer Lawsuit. <laughs> 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 Matt would fix a house. It would immediately collapse on the people when they move in. Be called, <laughs> we got to get out of here. <laughs> so I think we will move next year unless something really drastically happens differently with the economy or with the housing market. I probably shouldn't say this out loud. I'm a little worried about our basement. I mean, I don't know that our basement... <laughs> Just in terms of 
as you said that a flood that's a tidal wave came bursting out of your water heater and across yeah, the floor. Exactly. <laughs> you know, because there's things I've been wanting to do to the house. Like I, I really want new windows because I think the windows suck here. But if I'm gonna move, I'm not gonna buy new windows for someone else. Like right. I'm not, not gonna get that money back. You do a TV show where somebody like fixes up the bathroom and they spend ten thousand dollars and all of a sudden their house is worth worth twenty five thousand dollars more. Like I don't <laughs> get the math on that. I don't see how someone who spends fifteen thousand dollars on their kitchen can 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 then sell their house for thirty five thousand more than what they had it on the market for two weeks ago. Probably ran one of those shows, The Labor's Free, so they actually put twenty five thousand dollars in and got twenty five thousand dollars on top. But since the network paid for the labor, it's only ten. <laughs> So it's because people are idiots. People are idiots. They'll pay anything for granite. Right. You know, if you, right. you put some granite in the kitchen and all of a sudden it's worth it's worth $20,000 above, you know, you're mm-hmm. asking. Even price. though granite sucks. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. Everyone <laughs> wants granite. Hey, you know, granite I want I want cement or butcher block for my next kitchen. Cement? Yeah, they yeah. make these cement oh, slabs cement. that are really awesome looking. Yeah. Really? Do That's that. Thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cement countertops are are a total thing. Yeah, you can you can dye them any color you want. Goes you great shake. with your farmer sink. Yep, and mm-hmm. uh, your subway tile. It makes sense because granite makes no sense, and that granite was uh, was a, an earmark of the loose credit era. Because why are you putting <laughs> a you know a ten thousand dollars slab of chippable something in the middle of a yeah. normal person's house? You know, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, I guess if you can. Stamp Buy some marble columns. <laughs> marble columns. Marble columns. Classy. <laughs> Look at the White House. Notice anything real classy on the porch? Marble <laughs> columns. <laughs> yes, uh, they are yeah, they're, they're the same thing. Granite countertops and marble columns. But, you know, I, my, I'm terrified that someone's going to find something in my house that makes it unsellable. I don't know what that would be. I don't know if, like, the basement wasn't finished correctly. That They're going to say you can't sell this house until you rip out your finished basement and redo it with uh, different contractors. I don't know. I don't know what it could be. Steiner Hillary's going to come in and say, you know, we just looked at the basement, and uh, the ceiling of the basement is entirely filled with Cloverfield eggs. You, you can't sell <laughs> it this way. <laughs> I always thought that this was going to be the house that, like, we'd be in until the kids finished school. And so it's hard for me to wrap my head around being in a, a, a different house. But then, I don't know, the, ki- the, the kids are so excited about it, you know, that I guess I can get on board. As Ellie really just wants a bigger room. She said we can move as long as she gets a bigger room because she does have a tiny bedroom right now. It's a closet in most people's houses. So you're moving to a bigger house or a, a regular Well, that's the thing. Is that house I, apportioned. About the, I think it's going to be a little bit bigger. I think it's going to be a just a just a little bit though. We're not going we're not going McMansion or anything like that. We're not going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, then you know, of course, the the thoughts creep into Kelly. Well, maybe we should get a fourth bedroom. Uh, you know, because maybe my my stepmother will visit more. Maybe her parents will visit more. And, and Todd's so, going to be selling meth with Aaron Paul in six months to pay for the gigantic. That's what house I'm worried about. You know, we looked at one with an in-ground pool the other day. I'm like, oh come on. <laughs> No one, by the way, no one visits more when you have more rooms. Uh, take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> no one's been, no one, my brother Dirk was here four years ago. Uh, no one else has been here. <laughs> so ha- having the space. Because they heard Dirk was there. Like, oh, we're not sleeping in that room anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> Hazmat it. <laughs> yeah. Exorcise. 
Yeah, so I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm definitely not, I'm not moving in the next few months. But uh, uh, part but of a few me, months after that, you are. Damn, that's what I'm worried about. Is that I'm gonna because I'm kind of an impulse buyer sometimes when it comes to big purchases, which is weird. Like I will research a microwave oven for three months, but <laughs> I will buy a car on a whim. You know what I mean? Like I'll just I'll just drive by the dealership and go. It's time. It's time for a new car. And so I'm worried I'm going to do that with the, a house. I'm going to say, well, let's you've just do been, it. You've always been a little bit bitchy about that house. Like, it, something about it has never quite rubbed you right. Like, I guess in the as they're finishing it, too many things went wrong or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like you've been grumpy about it ever since you closed. Well, I always felt like I was being taken, you know, when you do these, when you do these, this was a new construction house. And, you know, you just always feel like they're pulling something, you know, you're not seeing everything they're they're cutting corners they're you know i i see the construction of my house and it's the walls are styrofoam like they have two by four studs and they have plywood in the corners of the houses because structurally they're required to have it but then in between the corners they just put up one inch or one and a half inch uh like pink styrofoam insulation so i could actually there's parts of my house where i could probably run through the wall like a like a Saturday Night Live skit or something. Like I could I because it's drywall insulation and then foam and pla- and vinyl siding. I mean, I could make it through all of that stuff with a good head of steam. A Grabowski shaped hole. <laughs> Maybe I will on the the last day in the house before we move out after we sign the paperwork. I'll run right through the walls and keep on running. Well, folks, it's time for another episode of the Paternity Test to keep the kids home the day of the scoliosis testing and let them grow up with a back shaped like a question mark. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test, like us on Facebook, and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparrot.com and call our voicemail at 657-BAD-DAD. Tell your friends about the show, and please consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, no, the laundry won't ever end. We don't care why you're feeling bummed, and no, we can't watch your kids tonight. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. (laughs) 